This week on the Pharma Letter Podcast, we are joined by Galapagos Chief Executive Paul Stoffels. After an illustrious career as Chief Scientific Officer at Johnson & Johnson, Dr. Stoffels is ready for a new chapter in his home country of Belgium. His instalment as Galapagos CEO is also a kind of homecoming. Founded in 1999, the firm emerged from a joint venture between Crucell and Tibotech, an infectious disease specialist for which Dr. Stoffels served as chair before the company was acquired by j and in 2002. While the company has a strong balance sheet and a promising pipeline, Galapagos has had its share of ups and downs in recent years, including late-stage failures and a rebuff from the US regulator for a JAK inhibitor partnered with Gilead Sciences. With his feet barely under the desk, Dr. Stoffels has been busy moving on from disappointments connected with the Gilead partnership, with a series of M&A moves. The acquisition of CellPoint and Abound Bio will boost access to next-generation cell therapies and help the firm in its stated aim of bringing three differentiated CAR-T candidates into clinical development within three years. In this week's episode of the podcast, we'll ask Dr. Stoffels about what motivated him to leave J&J and what he has planned for Galapagos in the coming year. After many years at Big Pharma, what attracted you to the role at Galapagos? Yeah, I spent uh, more than 15 years uh, in the US and before that also traveling around the world. And for me, a very um, important thing at my age was getting back to uh, to Europe. I wanted to be back closer to the family that, where I grew up, uh, to uh, both my mom is alive, my kids and grandkids are in Europe. And that was uh, my main reason to return to Europe. Uh, but to Galapagos, uh, I was a co-founder of Galapagos back in 98. So uh, in the early days, uh, I co-founded Galapagos and stayed close with the company over the entire time, uh, especially with the CEO, Onno van der Stolpen. And at, at many points in time, I had discussions on strategy with him, etc. Et um, but uh, more specifically, Galapagos over time built end-to-end pharmaceutical capabilities from discovery to development to uh, commercialization, manufacturing, uh, and, and brought one of uh, their medicines on the market now in Europe. And that uh, that was attractive to have a have a kickstart, let's say, with uh, with the uh, with the new uh, new future. And then, lastly, but not unimportant, was Galapagos has a very strong balance sheet. Uh, even today, more than four billion, um, which is quite unique in industry. And returning to Europe, I didn't want to start first raising money before I could uh, starting uh, developing, discovering, developing new medicines. And that package of capabilities and balance sheet and and my long-term relationship with the company made it for me the logic place to uh, come back to. Looking at the commercial picture for the company, Galapagos stock has fallen sharply since the start of the pandemic. What challenges have you faced? Yeah, it, it's basically that not much to do with the pandemic. It had something to do with some failures in late stage uh, of, of uh, pipeline products. Uh, first, filgotinib um, was not approved in the US and uh, and that was a, a big hit, but it was approved in Europe and Japan for Galapagos. So still a very valuable product, which is still further in development with new indications and hopefully we get back to uh, global presence, but that was a big hit for 
first. And then second, uh, failure was a product for IPF in, in phase three, which failed in the middle of the phase three study on a, on an interim analysis. And, and that was like, uh, two consecutive, uh, late stage failures, uh, made the stop, the stock tumble. And, and that's where we are, where we are. And then, of course, the recent slump in the, in the biotech market didn't help either. Um, it was not, not a positive upside in the, in the recent uh, time for the company. And therefore, yes, we have been uh, lingering. But I think we are building, again, a strong portfolio to, uh, to, to build in the future. And hopefully we can uh, get to a different turn in the stock too. Looking at these uh, recent uh, setbacks, how has your clinical strategy evolved in response to that? Yeah, we we further build on Filgotony because it is a strong asset. It uh, it was introduced in the European market and we uh, forecasted for this year in the 80 to 90 million uh, dollar sales. The final numbers will be published in the first quarter in a, in a few weeks. But um, it it has done very well, very well received in the market, and uh, and we are going to build on that with new indications. We have uh, Crohn's disease coming in the first half of the year with uh, with data. And hopefully, if we get that done, then we have a second IPD, an inflammatory bowel indication. Um, and then we are working in actual spa uh, next to Roma indication, which uh, which could come. So we uh, we are still aiming to build filcotinib uh, as a global asset. But then we uh, we have a TIC2, which is in early stage of uh, uh, phase 2A now uh, clinical trials for dermatomyositis and will start later in the year for uh, lupus and then we made a, made a big move into oncology where we are in the clinic with the CAR-T for CD19 so we are accelerating our pipeline again and building to our internal assets but also acquiring new assets to uh, to grow the portfolio. Looking at recent events at the company you've announced some changes to senior management have you faced any particular challenges in recruiting the right people and how do you go about doing that? No, well, we, we started with uh, buying, um, uh, I started when I arrived to to bring in a company with uh, strong uh, CAR-T capabilities, upscaling, Cellpoint, a Dutch company based in Leiden. But also in parallel, uh, we brought in Abound, a small company, uh, 20 people company in, in Pittsburgh, which are specialized in uh, finding new targets for CAR-T and new CAR-T binders. Yes, so the basic research capability as well as the upscaling and, and development capability we brought in. That that accelerated us in oncology very quickly because we had immediately two products into the clinic in oncology. And very exciting because CAR-T, uh, we do decentralized CAR-T proof of um, point of uh, care in the hospital. And today we are in three countries in 10 hospitals doing point of care uh, CAR-T in hospital, which is very attractive uh, type of, of new development. And we can find the people who absolutely want to participate uh in that uh, in that future so finding people is um is 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 uh, not a, a big issue it's mainly transition time from people from their current companies to our uh, we are six months in oncology now and so we are uh, building a whole new oncology team uh, second we will build an oncology team in the us also which will today we have a very small team in the us we are going to build it out in the course of the year to do clinical trials in Europe, in the US, working with the FDA, working with the European 
European authorities and also in the rest of the world. So uh, more to come on building out a new team. You mentioned that you acquired uh, two companies, Cellpoint and Abound Bio. Is it your intention to continue acquiring or in licensing in the future? Yes, um, Galapagos was established as a new target discovery company in uh, in small with small molecule chemistry as a platform, and that's a very long path to market. And while that was uh, a lucrative uh, activity, if it fails, it re- recovering from that takes a long time. And so we are now building a clinical stage company where we bring in our own internal products. We have a strong research team, but at the same time, look at shorter term assets for for who, which can get into the clinic and into the market uh, between now and the end of the decade or even faster between now and 28 in order to build a commercial viable company. Yeah, we have one asset in the market. We start making our own money as a biotech. And I want to build on that and accelerate that to uh, to to generate our own money and not depend always on, on the markets to raise capital for the future of your R&D. Yeah. And why focus on oncology and why CAR T cell therapies in particular? Yeah, so I wanted to have a different, different franchise as, 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 uh, as you can't invest only in very high risk areas. So an IPF, uh, and, and fibrosis is, is quite high risk. And for a small company, take that on. We did it once. We did it twice. Yeah, you can't, you, you have to, uh, to, to put your money in order to get to good drugs. And oncology is a wider, it's a very busy space, but if you get to a trap, transformational capability, which we could now with bringing in point-of-care CAR-T. And let me explain. We uh, Cellpoint had this deal or has this deal with um, with Lonza. And Lonza uh, developed a cocoon, which is an incubator, which you can place in a hospital with a cassette and which is an end-to-end sterile incubator to produce CAR-T. And Cellpoint developed that into an integrated tool, including uh, the quality release, everything needed to, to produce yeah, in, in the hospital. That brought us like the only single, there is only one system which has, is at this moment in that stage that it can be deployed in the hospital. In, in, the, in addition, Cellpoint got an exclusive worldwide ex-China license on the cocoon um, and that gave in hematological oncology for decentralized uh, implementation. That gave us an asset on which we could build to bring the most transformational uh, medicines to people through point of care. And, and as you know, the complexity of CAR-T where you need to take cells, send them to a central laboratory in a pharmaceutical company and send them back. We now have a seven-day vein-to-vein process in the hospital. And that was very attractive to me. Uh, when I was at J&J, we developed CAR-Victi with Legend, which is a spectacular new medicine. Yeah, spectacular. Uh, but of course, the, the, the logistics and the manufacturing to get that done is very is a very challenging uh, and large companies can deal with this small companies can't yeah and that's where a decentralized CAR-T system where we can build not one but even three four medicines on i think is ideal for for a company like us to uh, take as an as an initial step 
and Cartier go fast, yeah, from time to to a target to time to the clinic. We can do this in 12 to 18 months, yeah. And anything else goes three, four, five years before you have results in the clinic. And that's why starting with the most transformational technology was for me the goal. And uh, we quickly did that, and, and we now are uh, in very productive clinical trials. I must say, yeah. With this seven-day um, system that you say vein-to-vein in the hospital, is it your expectation that you'll be able to the lower costs for the treatment? Yeah, we we think we can lower overall costs for the whole intervention uh, because uh, we eliminate the, the, um, transportation. What we also see is because we use fresh cells, we uh, very healthy cells, we can we see very good responses with low dose cell infusions and that and that limits the, the CRS, the, the, the very severe side effects, cytokine release storms. Um, and and also, yeah, avoiding and making it very simple for the hospitals might reduce the cost, the cost will reduce the cost system. Although we don't have yet a full picture of what it all entails to produce in GMP units in hospitals, um, I'm pretty sure the cost will be significantly lower from uh, what, 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 um, what a complex global network for, for uh, yeah, sending it around the world yeah. will do. Looking at the next sort of two to five years, what are your longer term commercial goals for the company? Yeah, I, I stated uh, we by 28, uh, we want at least to have one additional medicine in the market. We want to build out Fulgotonib as, as a regional, but if possible, as a global asset. And then a, a clinical pipeline, which is in late stage. So in the next um, five years, we should become uh, a real end-to-end pharmaceutical company with two products in the market at least. Uh, and maybe through business development, we can accelerate to a third product uh, as as we go so the long-term goal is is being financially independent from the stock market to uh, to fund our own research and to become a global today we are a regional company europe uh, but with car t and our next product uh, i think in, in in collaboration with partners we bec- will become a global biotech player mm-hmm. obviously you had a lot of experience in the industry at j and j um Looking at the sort of broader picture in biotech, um, we've seen that biotech valuations have dropped off recently. Um, Is that something that concerns you for, for a young biotech company working in this area? Yes, absolutely. In in this and other areas, uh, I am a biotech entrepreneur from the beginning. I, I founded, uh, co-founded Tibotech for Cogalapagos and a few other companies in my life. Uh, it is it is a source of innovation for patients, innovation for the world, and value creation. Uh, and 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 it gives a lot of young people uh, a fantastic, ambitious life in 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 health in in health tech. So I'm I'm really worried that. A lot of good talent will get lost, and got a lot of good products and science will get lost in this in this um, in this financial crisis at the moment, uh, which which is uh, pretty un, 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 unfortunately. Uh, but as I've been around since more than thirty years. Yeah, we see that almost every time it recovered because of the the prospect of the science people can bring and the transformation for health people can bring. So I I trust that it will recover. Uh, The problem 
bundle is will it recover in one year, two years, or three years, or even four or five years? That is the uncertainty today, and it's very, very sad that we are going to a slump again in in biotech because there has never been more signs uh, for 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 patient health than now. Uh, it's 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 a new a new world with the new scientific capabilities, and 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 biotech is typically the driver of translating that uh, to p to patients and industry the big industry brings it to the world but biotech is an essential part of uh, translating new science yeah. to patient health looking at biotech and the cell and gene sector um, generally there's obviously been tremendous developments in recent decades um, but just looking at the the last decade in particular um, how encouraged are you by um, developments that you see in the new science coming out yeah, very much. Um, I was part, and I started my career in the early days with uh, with HIV, uh, where we went from a single pill to a combination pill to triple combo, where we saw from no effect on patients to a limited effect to suddenly being able to suppress the virus long, lifelong, and and create new life and, and normal life for people. You see now, you see that now happening with new technologies in 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 oncology, where you more and more can get to cure or at least to very long-term uh, suppression. So I'm, I'm like um, the new technologies like RT, bispecifics, the new Im- immuno-oncology, uh, mRNA, um, but also long-acting technologies. You know, if you look at, at how you can now treat people for two months, six months with, uh, with uh, typical one pill or one medication, one injection, there is a big prospect for for bringing a lot of uh, life to people, quality of life, then years of life. And so I think, uh, well, 30 years ago, I started working with only small molecules. Then after 10, 15 years, antibodies come in. Now we have probably 10, 15 new technologies, which, which can accelerate uh, a lot of science to, uh, to impact people. And uh, one example also was the mRNA vaccine for COVID. Suddenly, uh, within one year, a brilliant new technology came around to protect uh, the world from, uh, from a very serious disease so it's that evolution to in the science and is is only accelerating at the moment do you have a view on on any of these technologies you know outside of car t once you've um been successful with uh, the next generation of car t cell therapies are you already thinking about uh, another area that would interest you or you're you're focused on your own. yeah i'm uh, yes but the i'm typically uh, more uh, age brings some more uh, let's say uh, conservatism uh, i started with small molecules get to uh, a validated platform with antibodies now get to a validated platform with car t's uh, i don't think we are the company to initiate a new a new a new platform. We are co- we are a company to use the new platform in order to make new medicines, uh, and that's different. Uh, initiating a gene therapy platform, for example, is a is a different type of science than using a CAR T platform to make the next oncology drug. So there is more certainty with that because you have only one parameter: if the platform works and you tackle a disease, versus if the platform is the is a, is a new platform and the disease is a new disease, it's like a much higher hurdle 
hurdle. Uh, and we are not a company who would do that. But uh, uh, validated platforms with new targets, new diseases, uh, that's, I think, the space for us to, uh, to work in. Great. Well, I think that's about all we have time for uh, today. Paul Stoffels, Chief Executive of Belgian Biotech Galapagos. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. 